This is the Onesimus Collective. Episode 3 If you're listening to the Onesimus Collective and enjoying the episodes, let me know at onesimuscollective at gmail.com or rate the show on the podcast out. Whether you're being blessed, informed, entertained, or just think I sound funny, let me know. Now as we lead up to this week's episode, I want to say that this one is kind of fun, or maybe just a little sappy. As I return home on these late January evenings, which are getting dark way too early, I notice many houses that still have their Christmas lights and decorations up. Not only do they have them up, they're firing them up each night in all their Christmas glory, just as if it were December 18th. Why is this? Could it be the same reason I am drinking from one of my favorite Christmas coffee cups? Could it be because there is comfort in things like Christmas and the traditions that are embedded in this sacred holiday? Since some might be screaming, Christmas is not a sacred holiday, it came from paganism. I'm going to share some things from an article and a blog that I recently read. Thomas J. Talley in the article Constantine and Christmas reports that Western Christianity by the third century had determined, based on a March 25th date, that nine months later Jesus was born on December 25th. Whether this is correct or not, Augustine, Epithanius, and John Chrysostom supported this tradition. Additionally, Eastern Christians had also computed a similar period with Jesus being born on January 6th. The point Tally was working to make in his article was that even though Emperor Constantine seemed to have fused pagan ideas with Christmas in Rome, when he made his moves to Byzantium, later Constantinople, he did not seem to center his attention on the Christmas celebration. Christmas was not a thing in Constantinople, like it was in Rome, for the remainder of Constantine's life. Talley also notes in his article that St. Gregory Naziazen in a sermon preached at Constantinople on January 6, 381, indicated he was the one who had instituted the December 25th celebration of Jesus' birth. St. Gregory's sermon may mean that Christmas, even though there are pagan aspects involved, is not quite as steeped in paganism as once thought. In any instant, Talley notes that the correlation between the pagan worship of the sun which Constantine preferred, and Christmas was an incidental thing of which Constantine did not seem to be concerned. So there is that for those who want to poo-poo the Christmas celebration for the rest of us. I realize Christmas can be celebrated to the hilt without any mention of Jesus Christ or his birth. Santa Claus, mistletoe, cookies and cocoa, and the ever-present Christmas tree Give every rom-com Christmas movie its cozy charm. Maybe I am wrong, but I don't have a problem with the usual trappings of Christmas. If you do, I apologize, but I like Christmas cookies and Christmas trees. 
As far as Santa Claus goes, James Dobson of Focus on the Family is noted as saying he will not change a thing concerning the way he celebrated Christmas with his children and the excitement those children experience waiting for Santa's arrival. As Russell McKinney notes in his blog article, what should Christians do about Christmas trees and Santa Claus? The Christmas celebration comes down to a Christian's liberties and that believers live in a fallen world. Christmas makes the hearts of children and adults happy. Think Ebenezer Scrooge here, and Jesus knows where we are and what we're doing. Christmas traditions make for a joyful heart. Considering even if you factor out the birth of Christ, which we shouldn't, there are many traditions associated with Christmas that many of us grew up with. With all that has happened in recent years, maybe the extended Christmas season is people defiantly saying Christmas makes life feel normal. Of course, for Christians, the birth of Jesus Christ is pivotal in human history. The conditions of the area and the world Jesus was born into were in a sad state, which is a path we will not presently take in this episode. But keep an eye out because the Onesimus Collective will cover this aspect of Jesus' birth at some point in the future. The remainder of this episode is a discussion of some of my family's own Christmas traditions, if for no other reason than to lift our spirits a little during the January after the holidays ho-hum time of year. We will talk a little about two women who knew how to keep Christmas well. These two women are my mother and my mother-in-law, respectively. My mother was a quiet and simple woman, but those who knew her knew not to misconstrue that as unintelligence or weakness. She spent her days from the age of 11 until her death at 84 in the same house. When she and my dad married, they moved in with my maternal grandmother, and this arrangement remained until the end of my grandmother's life in 2000 at the age of 94. My mother never worked a public job but spent her days tending to her house, working in the gardens, which we often had five of at any given time, and raising me. She loved Christmas and decorated every room in the house, including the bathroom. She and my dad's room wasn't intentionally decorated, but that is where the presents stayed, wrapped and ready for when the tree went up. Speaking of the tree, it went up no more than two weeks before Christmas, and once it was up, the lights were never allowed on until it was completely dark each night. In addition to the presents in my parents' room, my mother would buy apples, oranges, tangerines, and grapefruit from the local high school, which made their room smell amazing. Growing up, Christmas was a magical time in our little house. My mother would make coconut snowballs the size of baseballs, she would make cookies containing candy-coated chocolates and would, without fail, burn the bottoms of every batch just a little. The slightly burnt chocolate candy cookies were such a tradition. When I inherited the recipe, I would burn them slightly to keep the tradition going. Silly as it sounds, but the particular taste of those cookies were as much a part of Christmas as the turkey and the tree. So the cookies... The turkey and the tree are all a part of the Christmas tradition for my family. 
and thinking back on some of the times when the traditions were being lived in real time brings me comfort. Some 38 years ago, I first met my future mother-in-law, and for reasons only known to her, she took me in as one of her own. I found out quickly that I had an extra mama to worry over me and another refrigerator I could stick my head in and grab a snack. All of the hospitality my mother-in-law had just got stronger at Christmas time. She would take various nuts, pretzels, coconut, graham crackers, and peanut butter and coat them with white and milk chocolate. Her kitchen would look like a candy factory and she would always make way too much, but none ever went to waste. She would pack gift boxes and give them to her neighbors and family members, and there was always enough for her favorite son-in-law, considering I'm her only son-in-law, to eat more than I should. One other favorite Christmas tradition, memory, one which my wife continues each Christmas, is the assembling of the amazing, colossal, and elaborate Christmas stockings. My mother-in-law's stockings were an adventure all by themselves. She would fill them with anything and everything, but each stocking was fine-tuned to the likes and personality of each recipient. All of this and the presents under the tree hadn't even been opened yet. To say Christmas at my mother-in-law's house was a non-stop amusement park carnival ride of happy would be an understatement. Well, if you haven't noticed, I like Christmas. I love the reading of Luke chapter 2. How many hear Linus's voice when you hear it read? I also love the Christmas plays at church, which are usually performed by the kids, but sometimes by the adults too. This reminds me, while I'm here, the church that I grew up in did elaborate Christmas plays with multiple parts and multiple scenes. I love participating in those plays and did not realize at the time just how wonderful that time and those Christmases were. So for me, just like many others, Christmas is a wonderful time of year. I love remembering how Jesus stepped out of heaven and became my sacrifice. I also love all the wonderful Christmas hymns as well as the Christmas carols that talk of snow, Santa, and snowmen. To finish up, I will sing while I'm working around the house. And often a Christmas carol is what I will be singing. My wife will promptly remind me if it is not Christmas time, that it's not Christmas. However, many of those songs talk about Jesus. And when it is Christmas, many will speak of Jesus' birth. Oh, come all ye faithful and adore him, Christ the Lord, even if they don't speak of him at any other time of the year. Scripture references are from the authorized King James Bible. Sources used in episode 3 are Thomas J. Talley's Constantine and Christmas, which was published in Studia Liturgica 17, number 1 through 4, on December 1, 1987. Russell McKinney's What Should a Christian Do About Christmas Trees and Santa Claus was published on the Disciples Road blog on December 22, 2023. The websites for these sources are listed in the show description. Music courtesy of Apple Loops and Pixabay.com. Direct questions and comments to Collective at gmail.com. And please rate the show where you get your podcast. Thank you for listening to the Onesimus 
Collective.